Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. I'm Gumshoe Tom. We are Team Binge. We are here once again to talk about A Murder at the End of the World, Episode 3. This one was called Survivors. And Tom, I enjoyed this episode. I'm wondering if someone's going to die every episode. What do you think? (laughs) I know, right? Like this was pitched to us as being like a murder and then try to figure out who's going to solve it. But people seem to be dropping like flies. That's true. It's in the title, A Murder. It should be <laughs> Murders, mm-hmm. several at the end of the world. So, I, yeah, that's true. I was focused on Bill's, but I think everything is going to circle back to Bill's murder, which mm-hmm. is how this is all going to go. Did you have any top thoughts for this episode? Did you enjoy it? I very much enjoyed it. I felt like I wasn't sure what other mystery elements we were going to get, but I felt like they gave us a lot, especially that like trek out into the snow and a lot of cryptic Morse code going on. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, we've, I think we got a handful of things answered here in terms of like, what are the masks? Why do they use them? Um, and I'm, I'm intrigued, man. Like, again, the, the mystery just keeps on coming and I like it. Do you think the mask, why do they wear the mask? Is that solved by the dent uh, act that was signed in Gotham? Do you think that's... <laughs> No? Okay, let's move That's on That's Two-Face. That's not really mask, right? Oh, I don't know. I'll at the Justice Department later, and they'll Please. answer that question Let's for get back me. on their radar. All right, let's dive into it. We start with, as all shows should do, a flashback of Darby and Bill, and they're driving around. And, I mean, is it stolen if you borrow it from an uncle? I, I was kind of like, oh, Bill's a bad boy, but I don't know. I don't know that this car's really stolen. Right. I mean, he learned he learned the lesson from Rusted Development. He left a note. He left a note. You always <laughs> leave a note. Oh man, that guy's great. That man just lost his hand. Anyways, yeah, uh, they he left a note. He mildly stole, or um, uh, yeah, kind of stole a car. Confiscated. Confiscated. Sure. Commandeered, like a yeah, pirateer, and <laughs> is blindly following around GPS, which. This is how I live. I, I couldn't tell you how to get to my parents' house without <laughs> Google telling me how to go. I've, I've dropped all directions from my brain. It made me immediately think of like the Michael Scott bit where he's just following the GPS into the pond. And he's just like, as he's going into the pond, he still is declaring that this is what it's telling him to do as opposed to just veering right. right. But I do think this is an interesting point here where they're just kind of reiterating the fact that we like rely on technology and some people do to the point of their own demise and i'm wondering if that is going to parallel you know obviously we've got hints of ai and who knows maybe like the ai is the one leading this this murder investigation do you think this show's trying to teach us lessons tom because i'm really i think i've learned most of my lessons at this point i don't know that i need to learn <laughs> anything more so if I this mean, is trying to scare me from like technology and ai Nope. Give me more, please. <laughs> I mean, they're trying to solve the climate crisis, so they're, they're trying to teach us something, maybe. I don't know. Sure, but if a problem isn't real. Then... Anyways, let's just move on. <laughs> uh, right? So they're searching for a uh, possible... No, this is the Jane Doe that survived, right? This is the one that they feel like will give them an eyewitness account from mm-hmm. uh, the Silver Doe murder. And the name is Marissa Bahari? Am I? I think I nailed that, actually. I think so. So, yeah, is this, like, the scene of where, like, she was strangled, but then she got away? Or is this the scene of... I, I think this is the one where he actually did murder somebody here, and they just kind of wanted to see the spot. Because not until the end of the episode do they actually talk to the other person. I oh, don't think her, her name is That's right. right. The first is one Marta? is them going to the murder scene, mm-hmm. and then the other one is they actually talk to the one that survived. So... Mm-hmm. Anyways, in the flashback, we're still trying to work that out. And once again, I like how they break up the episodes showing us that. And then in the present, we have everyone gathered in the library. Tom, great murder spot. It is a great murder spot. Um, (laughs) When I die, I would like the order of how you mourn me to go with this show. I would like you to watch a sci-fi movie. And then we'll watch would, 2001 in your I, honor. I would like you for the first time. Oh, man, you're welcome. And then I would like you to find someone to sing in a foreign language, and you have to just stare at them for like a single-person concert. That's what mm-hmm. I want from, from my death. So Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure your spirit flies free. Oh, 
Okay, great. R- real good. <laughs> real good. What's important about this library meeting is Darby finally has a chance to meet Rohan. Um, mm-hmm. But he's real, like, cagey, I guess. Doesn't really want to talk to her. Gets out of it real quick. And that, well, I guess it's interrupted by Lee. Um, and they have an interesting conversation about Lee asking about the footage, which... Uh, did you feel like this episode got you closer to Lee being a good guy or a bad guy? Maybe I'm oh, jumping the gun here, but where, no, where do you fall? I'm I'm 100% with you. I do feel like she might be the mastermind behind some of this stuff, especially like she gives us this reasoning why she had Darby hack as opposed to her. But like, I'd like Darby confronting her right away. Like, if you know how to do this, why are you having me do it? Kind of a deal. Right. Um, and immediately throws some suspicion back at her. Right. Which leads to a not at all awkward interruption by Andy. Yeah, well, he comes in here and asks this line, like, doesn't even say hi. He just says, does your tongue taste like metal? And I guess it's from grief. Your your tongue can have a metallic taste. And he's like, oh, no, it doesn't. Well, it will. Like, yeah. Man. <laughs> like, yeah, it was it was weird. But I guess if we follow along your thread of who Zoomer is, he's probably constantly asking his robot son, hey, does your tongue taste like metal? <laughs> what type of metal? So maybe yeah. this is just his, like... Kind of a like the same thing you'd say to your child, but sometimes you use it in other conversations. I think he's mm-hmm. just kind of this is a carryover from things he asks Zoomer often, right? Hmm. That's possible. Like these little nanobots in there. Sure, certainly. Oh, and in this episode, we get just a little bit more backstory on like Andy Lee and Bill. And so they apparently met Bill in Florida. Um, Lee is throughout this episode a little bit weird on what that relationship is, at least mm-hmm. not transparent. Um, and then something about this conversation regarding Bill leads Lee to very quickly change the subject. So there's there's obviously, I think we talked about marital strife in the other podcast uh, between Andy and Lee. I, I, you know, I think they're laying that on pretty thick. I don't think we're picking up something that is non-existent. Yeah, and for me, like it, it's kind of switched from the first episode where I thought um, Andy was the one kind of trying to change the subject or whatever, but now I feel like it is a little bit more more Lee, and she's the one trying to potentially hide something. She is being more secretive. Andy's mm-hmm. an open book, you know. He's an open book on alternative intelligence. <laughs> uh, we clocked this in the other one, the tea crasher, the guy that carried the kettle um, and... A number of cups. We don't know how many until this episode. But Darby talks to Tomas, who is one of the, I guess, hotel workers. And this is important, right? The numbers of cups is important. I think we should talk about this now. Because she eventually yeah. gets the answer out of him. Yeah, it being three three glasses. And, and he makes that point about, like, you know, we were hired to be staff here because we don't have loose lips. So... Again, super weird, but tight he ultimately lips, does yes. tight lips. Excuse me, but he then does come out and actually say that it was three cups, which is, I don't know, it just seems odd for three, right? Like if one of them is for Bill, who's who's your running theory on the other two? Oh, I'll tell you my running theory. But first, it would have been funny if Darby was like three cups. All right, this was a hotel sting. You don't have tight lips, and then they fire the guy on the spot. <laughs> this was all just this is all just a catch. Uh, loose-lipped hotel workers. It was a secret shop. (laughs) It's, uh, what's the undercover boss? That's what it was. Mm. Darby, you know what? This is just a long episode (laughs) of undercover boss. Darby runs this hotel. (laughs) All of this is a grand ruse to find out who in the staff can't She normally has blonde hair, but she dyed it pink, so now (laughs) nobody knows who she is. Oh man, it's uh, listen. The best undercover boss was when Kylo Ren, or what, however you say his name from Star Wars. Did you ever see that SNL sketch? sketch oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He pretended he, to be just like yeah. a random worker or whatever. And he's just killing good. people. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the three cups because I do think this is important. Here's my three cup. It's Bill, obviously going to his room. It's Rohan, who we know uh, in this episode. He's the guy in the mask, right? We're not revealing mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. He's and and we believe him, right? So I agree. Yeah, I would say Bill Rohan, and honestly, I think the third is Lee. Okay, I think so. Here is my. Let's just dive into it here, right? So we have 
Well, we can talk about it when we get to the message that Rohan sends, and I think that's uh, where let's, I... Let's hold off of it, because I have thoughts about right. that message, Rohan, or not message, but like phone call, right, that they have back and forth. I've got I've got thoughts about that, so let's let's put a pin in it. Okay, a pin? There's still a pin from Ted Lasso that we haven't gotten <laughs> to, so Lord knows we're terrible with pins. But very quickly, we have a conversation with CN telling Darby, don't bite the hand that feeds you, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Andy Ronson. I thought that was weird. It's like, hey, don't ruin this retreat with your dead friend because he's going to buy some <laughs> books for you. I didn't yeah. know what that... Did you read into that any any more than that right there? Just a veiled threat of he'll pay I mean, for things? She's the one that seems to have one of the closer relationships with Andy and just sees her snooping and asking questions. And yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Because again, I don't get what Darby is to Andy at this point outside of just being on this retreat. Like, I mean, I guess you could make an argument that this dude's beyond wealthy and can probably burn her and dox her like he did potentially with lee who knows yeah i didn't know either the more important part of this whole thing is zeba performs a beautiful song for bill's spirit (laughs) um how many times did you cry during this this scene tom over under 10 (laughs) i I did that this did not emotionally get me here oh the butt sniffers all listening to zeba sing (laughs) didn't didn't really do it for you well, what's your take on her Darby like seeing as she's singing and looking across the room, seeing everybody in masks? Like this is just goofy. Like when Tomas was handing her the wine, he made a point of saying this is like Zeba's wine from Iran, and it's like I don't know, ancient or something. Do you feel like she was drugged and hallucinating? Is this just how her mind is operating? She sees everybody as a suspect. Yeah, I think it's anyone can be a suspect. I don't. Okay. I didn't take this as like a legitimate uh, hallucination. I think okay, it's okay. just her. It's the show being like, hey, remember a murder happened and all these people could be suspects? This is how we're going to show it to you. Okay, okay. So Probably for like the trailer of the show too, right? Seeing everybody in these masks makes it seem that much creepier. Right, 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 right. What's concerning is this is the same mask from the Mr. Robot guy in the last Bond movie. So I found it all very confusing. What's that actor's name? He played the lead singer of Queen. Remy Malik. Thank you, sir. We mm-hmm. got there. All right. So we got there. Okay, you got there. <laughs> I, I'm just riding your coattails, brother. All right. Let's go back to the hotel staff. The one thing they have this map on the wall for a high tech place. They've got like a whiteboard uh, and a drawn map of the hotel of where everyone's mm-hmm. room is. It seems. Or if you were murdering people in a hotel, that's what they would find in your hotel room with yarn in between everyone's. No, wait, that's if you're trying to solve the murder. Anyways, I just thought it was funny that they're like Polaroids, right? Like slapped up Polaroids on the, I don't know. Yeah, and it had like pictures of like their their nationality, like their flag, I guess, their rooms where they're tied to. And then like maybe think of like Willy Wonka, like Oompa Loompas, how like Bill's name was like scratched off. Like, okay, boom, he's gone. And now I imagine after this episode, we're going to go back to this whiteboard and Rohan's name is going to be wiped off. Like, interesting. But she takes notes on all this, right? Like, just yeah. writes it all on her forearm and I guess she's is just talking where everybody's staying. Yeah. Everyone's room number. Do you think they do a ceremony in the kitchen where one of them sings a song about May a Spirit Flies Free and then at the end someone runs their thumb over the dry erase marker and <laughs> somebody some, down at the, the kitchen? Yeah. Yeah. Someone says it is finished and then they move on. <laughs> Anyways, and then we're back in the room after a lovely song in the library, which (laughs) should you sing in the library? Probably not, right? Everyone's trying to read. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a quiet place. Um, Not the movie. Wait, that's a different. (laughs) Anyways, so Ray is helping Darby. Once again, Mm -hmm. conflict of interest. I feel like Ray works for Andy Ronson, so relying on him for everything. But essentially... She's like, hey, what is everyone's connection to Bill? And the show's mm-hmm. like, here you go, audience. Yeah, right. This is the the show not tell kind of concept, but it's just throwing all the stuff at us in this big AI exposition dump. And I want to go back to what you said earlier about, like, do you think this AI is truly working for Andy? Or, I mean, it's AI. Like, does it have a mind of its own at this point? Like, do you no. feel like this AI has become sentient or it's still just a program with yeah. Andy or Lee as its mastermind? Not sentient. That's impossible. Um, so <laughs> I I guess my thing is everything she says to Ray has got to be recorded and documented, right? So how mm-hmm. hard is it for Andy 
to hop on there or Lee or whoever to hop on there and just be like, hey, what conversation did Darby have with Ray today? And it's mm-hmm. like, he thinks you're a murderer or she thinks you're a murderer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I just... Well, we get it from Andy later on, right? Like Andy kind of like throws exactly. it all out to her and says, hey, I know everything that's going on and what you're trying to do kind of deal. Yeah, it's like, hey, Bill had a ring on him too, by the way, which is something mm-hmm. we talked about uh, last pod. So I do think it was funny. They're like, this person liked Bill's tweet. Bill retweeted it. Like all that (laughs) stuff. I was like, oh, those are some loose connections. But the one that I think is most important is Rohan, who is a climatologist who was jailed in Moscow. And then when he got out, went off the grid, he seems to have a relationship with Bill. And I Mm -hmm. think this explains why he hitchhiked to the resort, I guess, because he is trying to keep his carbon footprint low would be my understanding. No, it's a good call. Yeah, because if he's off the grid, he wouldn't have been. I mean, he's, he was located somehow from either Andy or. Do we know? Was this an Andy or Lee invitation? Rohan? I'm assuming Rohan is a Lee invitation based on okay. the pin we're going to get to later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. And then Oliver's the robotics guy, which comes into play later in this episode. I, I don't know <laughs> that I was prepared for this, but, you know, we'll roll with it. And um, through. Through all this, she eventually ends up following someone who has the mask on, right? Is just She walking. doesn't know. She just sees somebody like walking outside. I don't think we as an audience knew the person had a mask until later. Until like later. Okay. Yeah. Tom, have you ever tried to follow someone on hard-packed snow? <laughs> I can't say I have, being from Phoenix, but I just could not keep... Uh, keep myself from thinking how loud that must have been oh so uh, even loud. if you try to follow in the person's footsteps she was not that far behind and it was gotta be just completely silent i mean maybe you can make the argument that he's got thick layer of clothes on his hood maybe it dampened his uh audio a bit but yeah a little far-fetched so if you're going out on a secret message delivery errand and you're going out like on your own every once in a while you're probably going to cast a casual glance over your shoulder mm-hmm. she's got like nowhere to hide in this beginning part he's literally just <laughs> yeah. walking through this it's a very cool visual and mm-hmm. well, i don't know that we've mentioned it the show is shot very well everything mm-hmm. looks great it's very ominous but it would have been funny one look over the shoulder and then she would have had to like act like a i don't know a snowman <laughs> a <rock>. snow woman <laughs> yeah. yeah like she's not in white she's in i yeah. don't know so yeah i i agree the guy's Wearing a creepy mask. He almost catches her. He's like right next. I just, I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was sense the body being close to you, right? Like, right. Oh, listen, I can't not sense a body close to me. The, <laughs> and, and we see he's got red laces on. And I'm saying mm-hmm. he because we find out it's Rohan. And the most important thing is she watches him do Morse code, which she, we know she can read because of Bill's mm-hmm. love letter through lights. And it is, one down, still a go. Mm. One down, still a go. Do you want to talk about that message now, or do you want to talk about that message later? No, let's let's touch on it now. So, like, I didn't know. I mean, so okay. The, the first thing you think is like, okay, we're there, still going to try to be murdering a bunch of people in this retreat here. But if the next person that shows up murdered, which we know is Rohan and Rohan in the end of the episode, why would he be the one delivering this message and saying it's still a go? Like, I don't know what to make of that. What do you okay. think? Okay, yeah, so here's my theory, because when you originally watch it, you think, okay, Rohan killed Bill, and he's mm-hmm. reporting, hey, I've taken one of them down, you know, we're still a go. What I think has happened is Rohan, Bill, and one other person, which we can talk about a little later, are on a team. They are here for some sort of reason, and he is reporting, hey, one of us is down. It's it's kind of like one of us that is a part of this conspiracy together mm. is down, but we are still a go even if Bill is down, if that mm. makes sense. That's, no, that's I like how that. I yeah. took it. That After the context for me. It. Yeah, as opposed to it being like, yeah, they're the aggressors. He's just saying like, hey, one of us is down and we're still we're still going ahead with that. I like that. Right, because I'm assuming the person that they're messaging probably is going to hear, hey, Bill's down or something, and he's, you know, Rohan's got to let him know, hey, even if Bill's down, I can still complete Mm -hmm. the mission, which I'm assuming is finding out who in the kitchen has loose lips. (laughs) Who's going to sink those ships? Who's going (laughs) to... 
AI can tell when your body's cold, so Ray runs her a bath and gives her coffee and Coke, which, Tom, <laughs> I mean, you're the only other person I know in this world that loves a coffee and Coke, so talk me through, talk me through, I'm assuming your parents gave that to you in a bottle when you were a child and you just <laughs> never kicked the habit? I've never been a coffee guy. Like, I'm a Coke guy. You're a coffee guy. I would never have thought to uh, blend these together. But never in my life. A, either a black eye or a red eye, um, you know, just adding extra caffeine, I guess, to it. I feel like you need to try this at some point. You've got Diet Cokes in your house, I know. Uh, give us a try with your next coffee break, because I don't drink coffee, so I'll never know. I'm, I'm willing to try it for the experiment. It <laughs> sounds terrible. It yes. really... I. I don't know that I appreciated Bill spitting it in his uncle's car. I thought yeah, that was a that little was bit rude, rude, like mm-hmm. adding insult to injury. But the uh, I'll give it a go, and next pod I'll report back. So please, thank you. And if you're if Tom's podcasting solo next pod, <laughs> you know what got me. It was <laughs> it was the caffeine and coke. Oh man, you if put you had, way worse in your body. That's true. If you had cocaine, if you do coffee, coke, and mm. coke, I wonder what that is. Mm, that's black eye squared. <laughs> black eye squared. Ah, uh, yes. All right. So we are back to the flashback where I believe Bill and Darby are talking about the killer and uh, how he's he's purposely leaving them a trail of all the silver jewelry, right? Yeah, and I like the comment that they make. Like, yeah, he seems like he wants to get caught or he's leaving this trail. And they make a comment, look at each other like, yeah, and we're the ones following this trail. So, again, the assumption is if the first episode is right, they followed this trail all the way. And, you know, this murderer finally got him, saw him, don't, didn't seem to shoot him, but fired a shot. So it seems like that's what this guy's plan was, is to get caught by somebody else trying to track him down. Sure, sure. And just leaving... Leaving breadcrumbs along the way. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is going to be your corner, Tom, because back in the present, who shows up at Darby's room but Lee and Zoomer? Mm. Do you want to talk through, I mean, with your theory on Zoomer, did you feel like this scene strengthened it at all? Did it? What did this scene do for yours, Zoomer's a robot theory? To me, it changed the context of it a little bit when Lee was kind of more motherly to Zoomer. Because I made okay. that mention, like, it seemed like Andy was more of, like, the father figure and, and Lee didn't really want anything to do with him. But, like, Lee coming in with her saying kid had nightmares, it seems odd to take your kid into some other stranger's room, like, and then ultimately leaving the kid in there. Like, oh, he's sleeping. Can we just stay in here? Like, I, you know, what better for a kid to get over your nightmares and to stay in another strange room that's not sure. your own? Um, sure. Kind of goofy. But yeah, this is what made me, this this whole conversation and how like heavy-handed she was with asking Darby about all these questions and, and trying to establish this trust. She seemed like she was trying too hard. Um, it, but in terms of like the Zoomer play, I don't know if I still believe wholeheartedly that Zoomer would be like some sort of AI or robot. I'm not calling it out, but I, I do think that Zoomer might be of like the influence potentially of like the AI. And we can get to that maybe when we talk about the little AR headset that he has and wonder if that is kind of manipulating the kid, right? Like he can put on this headset and then, you know, if uh, Ray is inside of it and telling him to go, hey, chase this crown, um, who knows where he's going. Right, right. I think you could still see, I mean, robots have nightmares, right? Maybe they're like working through their programming. So I don't (laughs) know that, I don't know that it's um, out of the realm of possibilities that Zoomer is still a bot. Once again, you got to stab him with a screwdriver in order to find out. That's a Mm -hmm. law of robotics. Mm -hmm. Okay. Did you want to talk about the mask? Because very quickly, once again, I don't know why Darby Tressley, I don't feel like, I feel like Darby very quickly when she's talking to Lee is like, hey, here are all my secrets. Um, Mm -hmm. Hopefully you're not the bad guy. And (laughs) so, because they bring up the mask and, or she she shows Lee the video, doesn't give her a heads up. She's going to be like, this is going to be a little bit startling. Um, Jump scared. And then like, that's that's kind of mean, honestly. I know people are being murdered, but um, I don't know. But I do think, yeah, this explains why, like, the mask was all kind of white, and as it backed up, you kind of get this digital distortion, so that is apparently this mask playing around with the AI technology trying to read or recognize the face. But, again, 
I, I don't know why you need a special mask for this. Like any mask would work if you're trying to just not have a, <laughs> a camera look at your face, but Jeff, I don't know, whatever. Jeff, here, here's the conversation. When he, when she goes, oh, it's a mask to thwart AI recognition. I was like, it's a mask to thwart any recognition. That's what a mask is. Like, what are you talking about? I don't, it's not like... I mean, if you put a, a stocking cap with holes over your face, you I mean, I don't know. I thought it was very funny that they're like special AI mask. And I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, I think every, yeah, to your point, every mask does that. Maybe it can distort a camera. But I mean, again, you don't you don't need that to take away well, your facial features. Yeah, it wasn't like if if it had shown someone else's face like on it, like right. I would have been like, OK, that makes sense to me. But it's just anyways. All right. We do so, find out though that Bill is the one that invited uh or was invited by Andy and not Lee, which I think we originally assumed. Oh really? I didn't catch yeah. that. Yeah, oh, so Bill actually, was Andy's invite. Okay, okay. That's good to know. Which would make sense, right? Like if if you know, he's just kind of messing with his wife or trying to kind of get this out in the open or whatever, he kind of almost invites him vindictively. I don't know. That's true. You can invite him vindictively, or Bill has sway with people because he's doing these art installations about how bad artificial intelligence is. And if Andy's trying to change his view of things, then mm-hmm. you could leave the marriage stuff out of it. But we, so Darby has a conversation with Lee about how she knows Bill, and this is where she was a little bit. She let's just say she wasn't transparent. Let's just say she was wearing an AI thwarting recognition <laughs> mask in this conversation. Yeah, um, but what I she don't was, believe everything she's saying here. Thwarting was the truth. Mm. Sorry, that took a long time to get to. <laughs> a bad joke. You're welcome, everyone. She did not have an affair with Bill at first, but then we find out they hooked up once. Mm-hmm. Her and Andy were kind of on and off, and then they got pregnant and got married. So... Mm. I think you implied or at least talked about in episode one about the possibility that Zoomer, if not a robot, if a human child, might be Bill's child. And so this, some of the details that come out in this conversation would lend, because they hooked up once. So Yeah, exactly. That's all, the, the only line you need there, right? It's like right. they were friends with, I don't know, many, many benefits, had one. One uh, benefit. No, one, one night benefit. That's terrible yeah, way of that's... saying that. I regret that. <laughs> Never mind. But yeah, and the way she kind of makes it seem like it's, yeah, they got, or she got pregnant and had to, I guess, get married to Andy. So this was five years ago, right? Because I think we do, con- and maybe they said this the first episode, I missed it, but the kid is five years old. So this has been five or six years since this incident. Right, which would make sense because Bill dropped off of Darby's radar six years ago. So yeah, this is yeah, yeah. after he leaves, he went to Florida. And that's where they all met up. And mm-hmm. so... He's just trying to retire. He's uh, just... He's living in that 55 and over community, working on his <laughs> golf game. A condo in Boca. <laughs> Next to the Seinfelds. Um, and the Costanzas. Well, briefly. Anyways. <laughs> Lee... Uh, Lee... I did not understand this, Tom. Lee's like, listen, I want you to solve this. Because mm-hmm. and you brought this up earlier. This is the part where Darby's like, "Hey, why aren't you doing these things?" And she, her kind of excuse is like, "She's being watched, and no one's going to see the twenty-four-year-old girl coming." But Tom, I don't know if you know this about Darby. She solves murders and writes books <laughs> about them. So if the murderer, when he's caught, is like Darby, I never would have expected you. I would say that murderer is probably an idiot because this is what she does. When I heard that line, I immediately thought of, like, they're not using this to say that Darby's the one that can't be found. It's like the idea, okay, no one sees a 24-year-old girl coming. Yeah, but nobody else sees a five-year-old kid coming either. Like, if the kid is being influenced in doing all this, I feel like it's almost pointing the audience like a little, a little breadcrumb to say, yeah, like, Zoomer's in it somehow. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition or children. <laughs> As the mm-hmm. joke goes. <laughs> All right. Rudely, Zoomer falls asleep. No more mm-hmm. glitchy nightmares. And Lee's like, hey, since I own this place, I'm just going to stay on your couch. And you can't say anything about it. It's true. And then she's just gone the next morning, right? Like, no goodbyes, no nothing. Apparently nope. just slept right right through the uh, the alarm. Doesn't and listen, even... I've got a... I've got a five-year-old kid. This kid cannot wake up without me knowing it. And he loves sure. to just scream, I'm up. 
Sure. I'm surprised she wasn't like, hey, let's grab a Coke and coffee in the morning together. <laughs> yeah. Mix it up. Really get hopped up. All right. Empty room. She gets a gift, a gift from Andy. It's a jacket for a snowshoe trip up the Mount Everest. Uh, I mean, they show you a shot of this mountain. I was like, oh, that's a long walk. I would be like, no, thank you. I'll be here inside warm. Well, like, so first off, super lame gift. Like, she already had some sort of, like, big, massive coat that she went on that walk with Bill with. So I don't think she needed a new one that had, I don't know, some embroidered climate change summit AI badge on it. Sure. Lame, lame gift. I figured sure. it'd be, like, the iPad 35 or something something fancy. Right. You're not saying, like, jackets as a whole are a bad gift. You're just saying in this particular Instance. In this instance, okay. she seemed to already be jacketed. She did okay. not need multiple jackets. Because I believe I've I've actually gifted you a jacket in the past. So I'm oh, just, jackets I'm, are my favorite favorite okay. gift living in Arizona. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Tom's hurtful corner where he rejects Julian's loving gifts. Oh, so. Do I have to say seven nice things now? No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, so we have a hiking, walk, and talk. No, nope, mm-hmm. a hiking and talk. A, a walk and talk while <laughs> hiking. hiking. walking and talk. Uh, with Rohan and Darby. First off, I was like, oh, Darby thinks this is a race. She's like blowing by people. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the show's like, hey, there's not enough action in this show, so we're going to make Darby walk fast by these people, and that's mm-hmm. going to uh, really, really up the ante here. But we find out that... Um, Rohan, uh, was a, I guess, an alcoholic. Bill helped him get sober. Although on this hike, he does have a flask that has mezcal in it. And I was like, my man, what, (laughs) what a dude. Um, so Bill saved Rohan. Didn't, didn't Gandalf save Rohan in the, uh, in the books? Yeah. Bill Gandalf. Look, look to the light on the east on the fifth day. Sure. Mm -hmm. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's, I, I believe it 100%. Uh, and then we also find out this guy that's hiking up the summit of Mount Everest has a pacemaker, which I guess they didn't, uh, they only swabbed him when he got in the airplane. They didn't ask him, <laughs> although he didn't take an airplane. He took a, exactly. do you think when he, when he hitchhiked, the hitchhiker was like, I have to take your temperature and swab your mouth. And I was like, this is not the type of hitchhiking I want to do right now. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Uh, he got there, but he has a pacemaker and I think that's going to come into play with, his death later in the episode, maybe. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Like, it's too weird of a thing to just kind of tell the audience and then not have some sort of thing. So maybe that's how they're going to pawn off his death, whereas Pacemaker pace burst or malfunctioned or whatever, and that's going to be his cause of death. You know what? If I have an enemy and Andy Ronson and I have a pacemaker, probably not going to hang out because Andy Ronson seems like the type of guy that could AI into your heart and kill it like i don't know he does That's a fair point uh, rohan does say that bill talked about darby and said that she was the best detective and mm-hmm. i was like i don't know had he ever read a hardy boy book or a nancy drew mm-hmm. uh, or one sherlock s holmes questions for bill yeah, for sure. I do like you pointed out early how high the summit was, and I felt like by the time they got to the top, there was like snowmobiles on, up there. I'm like, why didn't they take any of those? Yep. This didn't seem necessary. Yep. The, how I justified it in my head is like, I was like, okay, the snowmobile took him up part of the way, and then he was like, listen, you got to hike this last part just so you oh, okay. feel like you. Yeah. It's like when you take a bus on a marathon and then you get to the end and you run through. Um, mm-hmm. That's how I like to complete marathons. <laughs> Talk to me, Tom, about Swarm Robotics and why I should give two licks and how this kind of was like, all right, show, fine, 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 fine. Andy Ronson, is he trying to be Dr. Evil? I don't, go ahead. Tell. It's why just, should I care? Why should I care? Yeah, outside of getting that robotics guy into the conversation and him saying, like, this is what he's doing, I guess, to combat climate change and build things in the middle of nowhere that then people can go habitate, I don't know. Like, as I first saw it, because it's like they're so far away and they do that zoom in, like they look like a herd of buffalo. That was my first thought. So then I'm, my mind immediately went to Outer Range, one of the other shows that we covered. I'm like, oh, is this the origin story of Outer Range? Um, <laughs> and then you look a little bit closer and they seem to be building some hole in the ground. And I'm like, silo? Are yeah. they building a silo? <laughs> like, what universe are we in? So, All of them. Yeah. All of them in one, apparently. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Oliver is the one that does all the robotic stuff. So mm-hmm. every time, I didn't really understand. I felt like they tried to explain where they're like, this is how we're going to, like, these things don't have to eat, sleep, and they're self-repairing. And I'm like, ah, everything that's mechanical breaks down. And yeah, self-repairing, but they're still going to need materials. Every time I see a giant metal robot, I'm like, those minerals and metals had to come from somewhere. Like, it's a lot of <laughs> copper wire, as our buddy would say. I don't know. I just... Anyway, so... I'm interested... Listen, if the last episode of this show is her fighting robotic ants, I'm in 100%. They will have crash-landed the plane, and Lord knows I would buy a ticket and be on that plane, because... I would love to watch Darby murder ant robots, but that'd be pretty fantastic. It, yeah. it just becomes like a Black Mirror episode. Oh, incredible, incredible! She sees the red laced boots on the boot rack because mm-hmm. everyone took special snow hiking shoes up the mountain, or in yeah, their sponsored snowmobile. by Adidas or whoever else. <laughs> we find out that the red laces are Rohan's, mm-hmm. which leads her to sit next to him. And once again, I don't know what it is about Darby, but Darby's like, I got a secret. I know something. Rather than hold on to it and think about it, I'm going to go tell that person. So she sits down next to him and she goes, one down, still a go, as if letting him know she was there when he sent the message. And he he was like, careful, girl, leave it. I'd never mm-hmm. hurt that boy. Like, I... I think it's going to work out, not for Rohan, but I just don't understand why Darby feels the, the need to constantly, I don't know. I don't need a Monday morning quarterback Darby. I'm, I'm, I'm not in her situation. I've lived a different life than her, but it just seems like she empties the secret vessel, uh, opens the vault, as they say, very quickly. Well, and right in this little mini yurt thing in the middle of nowhere, like where everybody is still like chatting and kind of around, (laughs) like it's an open conversation in here. Like maybe as you're walking back to the car or something else, Uh, confront during your next hike and talk. Yes. Say so. Right. (laughs) It would have been funny if everyone was like, wait, what'd you say? Like just the whole room (laughs) turns. They're like one down, one down. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh, we're just talking about sports. We're just talking about (laughs) goal and one first down. (laughs) Anyways, um, did you think it was tough to see Rohan as a bad guy, I guess. So once it's revealed it's him with the red laces, I was kind of like, I don't, I don't know. You knew there was more to it. Yeah. 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 Which is good. Good storytelling. Like I appreciate that they are not telegraphing everything. So it's, uh, it's nice, but well, I like the idea of that mystery being solved kind of quickly. Like we don't have to kind of keep that in the back of our mind the whole time. Like it was very prominent, like, okay, she's going to find somebody with laces and they kind of pay it off pretty quick. Right. You appreciated how quickly they took care of Rohan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. Well. You're, you're super, <laughs> super glad with how the conclusion of Rohan's story and mystery ended. Uh, that's Tom's exact words. Loved how Rohan died. Tom. Mm-hmm. Cut it. Clip it. Team binge. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of team binge, uh, let's talk about Zoomer. Zoomer's got a space helmet on, living in a VR world, chasing mm-hmm. crowns and castles. Um, Tom, on a scale of nine to ten, how much did you want this <laughs> VR helmet? Did you want it a nine or did you want it a ten? I mean, ten. It looked pretty. It looked pretty awesome. But th- so this made me think, and I think I mentioned it earlier. Like this idea of Ray even being inside of this virtual world and he's kind of like running it as the AI for this kid. And then there's this crown. So like that is the gist of this game is he's got to run around and find this crown. Like maybe, and this is what makes me think maybe he's not a little robot kid. He's just a kid that's being influenced by AI. Like maybe he was told to like chase this crown and that took him into Bill's room. And then he was told to, I don't know, inject uh, or stab a... um, little goblin guy in his little like uh knight's game and that ended up actually being built like i'm wondering if that's kind of maybe what this this vr is in the space helmet it's like the ai conducting zoomer around the house to do its bidding sure sure zoomer go find the magic sword which is like a syringe and then like infiltrate the enemy castle do you see the enemy knight there lying on the ground? Find his right arm and stab him <laughs> in his right arm because that's where his heart is located. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm with you. It's, I mean, devastating when 
Zoomer finds out how terrible video games are for him. I mean, I do you think he's ever going to play another one once he realizes he's going around murdering real people? Probably not. So he's going to be great at Among Us. <laughs> he's going to be yeah. very sus. Very <laughs> sus. Oh, where's my son when I need him? Anyways, the I I like the theory, Tom. Uh, I don't know that I agree with it, but I like the theory. <laughs> Yeah, so, again, just throwing stuff out there, no, right? No, see, no. What, see what it, might stick. Well, it'll stick in the VR world, certainly. It just seemed certainly. too, like, I don't know, just too cute the way this game was. Like, it was introduced right. very heavy. The fact that Darby had to put it on, the fact that there's, like, the, the gist of the game is a floating crown you got to find. It just seemed goofy. Right. And we didn't need to spend as much time in it as we did. So mm-hmm. I'm with you that it's going to come into play somehow, but I just don't know uh, in in what way. Yeah. If it was like everyone, we found a lot of people murdered in the hotel with their heads smashed in by a broadsword, <laughs> and we can't figure out who. And then Zoomer's just running around with a broadsword. You're like, well, it couldn't be Zoomer. He's a kid. I think that would be. Anyways, uh, one thing I wanted to point out is that Zoomer said his parents fight a lot, and they always fight about the future. Mm. And was this important or should this kid keep his parents secrets because it's not nice to speak out of turn? Um, Well, I think Andy's Andy believes in climate change and uh, Lee does not. She's a climate denier. So that's what they fight about. (laughs) I like I like the fight about the future. It's like, is there going to be one? No. Is there going to be one? Yes. And that's what it's just a yes and no. Yeah. This leads to some fun Clive Owen as Andy Ronson kind of cornering Darby. And um, he, he it, I like how they do this. At first, it's kind of like he just wants to talk to Darby, see how she is. And then he's kind mm-hmm. of explaining that he is the Walt Disney of AI. I don't know. I, <laughs> I turned my brain off for most of it. Um, if I was AI, I would have listened. But I'm not. I'm human. So... And then he's talking about, like, mating AI, like, I guess, two AI programs that he had. Um, I don't know. This was It was interesting that he did all this, but then it leads to ultimately, hey, you need to go home. But, uh, like, uh, I don't know. I really like Clive Owen, and I thought this whole conversation was, is, like, menacing, but still mm-hmm. you're getting some stuff worked out. I don't know. I agree. Like, yeah, he was chewing up these scenes, and I, I loved every minute of it. He was very, like, powerful in his, his speech, especially when he confronts uh, Darby and says, like, hey, I know about all this stuff. Right. But I was very confused about the whole AI conversation, and maybe once the series is over, you can go back and listen to this conversation, and it makes more sense. But, like, talking about working it out in three dimensions, I don't know. There was another little hint about Zoomer just being, like, either a math genius or a little robot kid where – they apparently were practicing on hamsters and mating hamsters. And then Zoomer in the background, like, corrects his dad and says, like, 67, like, the exact number of hamsters they they kind of mated. So a, a goofy, goofy conversation. Sure, sure. I don't know that I caught what they were mating. So I appreciate that you did the research and found out they were mating <laughs> hamsters because I, I just missed that part of the conversation. But mm-hmm. I know he corrected him. Uh, Tom, coincidentally, and this is very important to hamsters mating, is uh, the <laughs> fact that uh, have you ever watched Bad Boys Two? Oh yeah, fantastic. Okay, like. so Bad Boys One I've seen dozens of times. I don't think I'd ever seen Bad Boys Two, and so last night we watched Bad Boys Two, and you oh, gotta wow. appreciate Michael Bay having two rats literally mating on screen as <laughs> um, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Are pretending to be exterminators, and Martin Lawrence, Martin Lawrence is like, is just, yeah. yeah, hates the rats. But there is a scene, and it goes on for a long time, showing two like puppet rats just getting after it. So when you said hamsters mating, I was like, oh, I kind of watched that last night. So I'm surprised um, you didn't see two. I felt like, and this might be a, a, a bad thing to say, but I thought two was better than one. I oh, loved Bad Boys 2. Strong disagree. I thought, listen, I, in my mind, was like, oh, Bad Boys 2 is supposed to be really good. Watched it. Bad Boys 1, far superior. But that's mm. a different podcast. That's okay. Desert Island, Bad Boys. <laughs> what? 
What five bad boys movies would you take on your island? And we can't pick the same ones. The islands are going to war. All right. Let's keep with the serious stuff, though, Tom. Straight faces Mm -hmm. now. Yep. You need to leave because you're interrogating everyone. He gives all the facts. He's like, listen, Bill OD'd. We had the ring. It monitored his heart rate. It spiked from morphine. Uh, Someone in my house was like, I don't think morphine spikes your heart. I don't know. Not a doctor. But uh, the toxicology report, he just kind of takes her to task about, hey, you're Mm -hmm. like, you see murder everywhere because of who you are. But this was not murder. I feel like he gave us some timeline bits here, too, where he says like four minutes before, like he was injected and his heart rate increased four minutes before the uninvited guest shows up and then six minutes after Darby shows up. So it is interesting because it gives us a little bit more specific timeline as to when all this kind of stuff happened. So he wasn't in the room long after his heart rate um, kind of shot up. So the uninvited guest, is that Rohan in the mask? I don't know, right? The the assumption is based on the camera footage we saw, it's maybe Zoomer or somebody else entering the room that the AI camera didn't pick up. That was the first person to enter. And then it would have been the person in the mask. Got it. So we don't know which was the leading event. Okay. And then he turns to her and he says, I'm sorry, but I can't give you this rose. Please pack your bags. (laughs) Or wait, no, I can't give you this rose. Please pack your knives and leave. Mm -hmm. He he um, took that like half shattered sword and then, you know, uh, slashed her ring finger off. And then the ring goes flying in the air and he grabs it and the ring slowly shrinks to his size. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then he says, you are the weakest link and extinguishes her torch. That's exactly right. I All those things happened. <laughs> uh, we cross streams a little bit there. All right. <laughs> so she starts to pack, and we see Bill has the news story, and they've got some stuff not wrong, but like I guess like there's purposeful uh, misinformation on the mm-hmm. news. Not that that's not all news. Am I right, <laughs> my guy? Um, anyways, so she kind of she she. Here's the story, and uh, there's obviously... I didn't write down what was wrong, but I just know that it wasn't completely. Mm-hmm. But that's probably because the tech guy doesn't want his new hotel associated with murder at the end of the world, even though they made yeah, a whole yeah. te- TV series about it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we then go to a flashback where we have Marta, the possible victim. So this is the one where she survived the Silver Doe Killer, Mm-hmm. And she brings up that she found takes her a little while to get here. Um, well, she with, didn't like trust them. I, I can't remember what exactly was a catalyst, but they said something or like confided and said they want to help or something like that. Like so, I think it was Darby when she's looking out at her kids. Like we just don't want this to happen to like anybody else's kids, kind of a thing. Um, and it just kind of like opened her up, and then she, I guess, it gives a little bit more of a clue for them to chase down. Sure. I definitely thought one of those kids was going to get kidnapped while they were having the conversation. The way they Ooh. shot it, I was like, oh, those kids aren't going to make it. But they Well, I don't did. know if you noticed. I don't know if you noticed. One of the kids in the background was Zoomer. No. No, that's not true. Oh. <laughs> oh. Goodness. That would have been a big one for me to miss. Like a whole show miss. Zoomer's just... Zoomer's just... All right. Uh, I had a, I had a aneurysm. All right. Um... She brings up that she found Silver in the car, like, after uh, the attempted abduction. Mm-hmm. And they do some research on it, and it comes up as, like, a school. And then it's, like, Wickenburg, Utah, 2000 is the year on it. Am I touching something? Is it, are those I, Yeah, I didn't write down the details. No, I didn't write them, write them down. So, yeah, whatever you've got. Man, well, we're well, bad detectives I, because we're like, well, oh, details won't need those. <laughs> this is not the murder I'm trying to solve oh, personally. I'm trying to solve that's the other true. one, but it's fair. But I think the, the gist of it is they get a clue to move on to continue investigating the, the Silverdale murders. And all murders start in Utah. Write it down, folks. Mm-hmm. Right the arches. <laughs> it's a portal. Yes. yes. No, that's Sedona, and that's a Vortex. So (laughs) back in the present, we have uh, a call to Rohan, right? She dials his room number, Mm -hmm. and you—I'll let you—you've got thoughts on all this, so I'll let you talk through this. Well, so— Okay, so the conversation is like she says, or he says that he still loves him, and Darby kind of says the same. Yeah, 
the they love Bill. Our Rohan loves Bill. Mm-hmm. And Darby kind of says this thing like, yeah, I love her too. Then Rohan starts throwing about like, hey, we had a plan. We thought it was a good plan and they were working together. And like Bill apparently discovered some secret and Rohan, I guess, doesn't know exactly what it was. They never had the conversation, but he thinks he can infer as to what it is. But then, mm. of course, you know, it slowly starts to fade out in the conversation and then Darby's like, what? And then dead. Again, the, the, the second this guy says, I think I know what this mystery is, you know the character is just going to die. Um, no follow-up either. Like, no, 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 no. What do you think the secret is? Um, nope, just nope. Last words, just those gargling noises. So, again. Ah! <laughs> 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 Brutal, Tom. Brutal. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, but you got to probably start the pun- funeral pyre since uh, Rohan is dead. Yeah. Uh, we got to get that ready. Yeah. Um, but I-, I find it interesting that he was found in the hallway. Like, I don't know how much time could have happened. Like, if he was talking on the phone with her in his room and then, you know, seems to have, like, a heart attack or something's happened and then he stumbles out into the hallway and then he falls there. Like, how close is the hallway to his or this library bar or wherever he actually falls? How close was that to his room? Like, it just kind of made me think... Some of the things with AI right now is the concept of being able to use somebody's voice and make it sound like their own. Like you don't need much. Somebody could send us an audio clip of you saying something to me or me saying something to you just because we've been podcasting for so long and they can take our voices and manipulate it. Like Tom, I'm not here right now. I've got news for you. (laughs) Exactly. But the way this is kind of done and the fact they found in the hallway and not in his room, it makes me think like maybe this isn't Rohan. Like maybe this is the AI trying to like pull Darby out or do something else. Like I was just a little bit suspect of that because I didn't really give that much thought about AI voice work and and the people she talked to not face to face, potentially not being who they are. Good point. Good point. I did not think of that. I do. He's found in the hallway, but he's surrounded by people very quickly, right? Exactly. Maybe he was in. Yeah. I'd have to go rewatch it, but yeah. And who's there always it's, it's, Cian. Cian is yeah. always there, and she's like, no life-saving measures. She's just like, yeah, Dad, he's clear. And they're like, he's breathing. He's talking to you, right? No, Dad, he's been uh, overdose. He, he overdosed as well. They're like, no, he literally has a broadsword uh, embedded in his forehead. She's like, overdose. He overdosed on love. Too much for his heart. Ticker couldn't take it. Ticker couldn't. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. Before... We go into theorizing, and then do you want to give do you want to give the last line of the episode? <laughs> well, the great line is, yeah, Andy. It looks to Andy, and he's the one that seems like the most distraught. Which again, I kind of like because I I don't think it's Andy. I don't think he's the mastermind behind this. But if it is Lee, like Andy saying, "Hey, get everyone to the underground," like tells Todd, the security guy. And again, my immediate thought was, "All right, we're going to the silo. This going. is how the story of the silo, another pod that we covered from Apple TV Plus. This is apparently how the silo started." Call Hugh Howie. He's got a mm-hmm. third show on on uh, playing right now. By the way, I have finished the first two books in that series, and you said I would never read them. I have finished the first two. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Very, very good books. I'll get you that uh, coupon for a free small Frosty at Wendy's <laughs> for reading two books. Good. As long as you have it on your reading log and your parents have certified that you did read them. <laughs> You'll get a free Frosty. Congratulations, yeah. Tom. I don't have to read anything else this winter. <laughs> Until the school year starts up for you exactly. again. <laughs> um, I want to point out, there was a part where Darby was like, tell Andy I'm not leaving. And I was like, oh, squatter's rights. She's going to declare <laughs> squatter's rights. And this made me think of uh, humble brag here. Recently went on a cruise with my family. And when you have to leave the boat, they're like, hey, you've got to be at the off the boat at like this time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do squatter's rights apply to uh, Cruz? <laughs> I've, been, I've been in this room for seven days. I feel like it's kind of home for me now. Uh, international waters, there are no rules. Do squatter mm-hmm. rules apply? But anyways, I just like, she's like, tell him I'm not going anywhere. And then sure enough. She's headed underground to the silo with the rest of them. So mm-hmm. we don't get rid of Darby that easily. Okay. Um, do you want to start on the theory crafting? I kind of gave my big one up, which was that when we find out it's three teacups, it's going to be Rohan and the message that Rohan sends that Rohan, mm-hmm. Bill are together. The question is that third person. I would believe that third person is Lee. 
I would also honestly, I guess it can't really be Andy. But no, I'm going to go with... You don't think it's like Zeba? Like you think Zeba showing up to the door there was just a red herring? Oh, well, she doesn't really... She doesn't go in. She doesn't knock. She just like checks the camera and leaves. I don't know. I, I, I yeah. I felt like that was a red herring. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's Zeba. I guess. Well, we kind of have to eliminate whose guest is who, or we don't, because Bill was Andy's guest. Rohan was probably Lee's guest, right? Mm-hmm. Or are yeah, they I don't both... think it's one of them knocking off the other pers- person's guest. I feel like that'd be too. Well, my thought being is, how do you plan something with another group of people if you don't know you're gonna, if you don't know you're showing up to the thing, and you mm-hmm. would like have to run in the same circles almost to know that the other person is showing up? I don't know. I'm confusing myself even talking about it. So, well, the biggest question is like, what is the motivation? We don't know what the motivation to any of these deaths are yet, right? Because there is some secret that's out there that somebody's trying to hide. I guess. I guess that's the motivation of the deaths. But once we know that, I think we'll know more. Tom, you've obviously never seen an Agatha Christie because when all the guests are gathered in the room and they're going over who murdered who, it's never motive. They never, no one cares about motive. Come on. It's who invited you. And that's what's important. So thank you very much. I'm right. And you're writer because you're right. Motive is important. I don't know that we can establish motive. It's like, is the motive that they want to not have robotic ants all over the world? Maybe. That's kind of a cool motive. I don't want to be eaten by (laughs) robot ants. And Oliver and Andy are trying to take over the world like evil geniuses. I don't know. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm ready for it. Give me. You have motives. I I don't have necessarily motives. I mean, I think it's because of all like the tech in the show, like the robotics, the AI, the Indian encryption. Like, I feel like that needs to be at the heart of all this. And somebody's trying to stop that. And and Bill learns something from Lee. I mean, because if Lee's the one that knows something or, or we found out that bill knows something right and we know that bill has a relationship with lee and not so much with andy like you would assume that bill figured out something from from lee and maybe that's the secret that he's trying to get out and Lee's trying to snuff it out i i don't know um i i think overall i'm still leaning towards zoomer being again not necessarily a robot or whatever but a tool i think lee and zoomer exactly are are in cahoots in some form or fashion like maybe lee went into the room because she knew zoomer was in there maybe at the behest of ai and she's trying to pull out any evidence that zoomer might have left behind or something but i do think like the overarching enemy here um if you want to call it that would be this this kind of rogue ai maybe that is just trying to quell I, I don't know what yet because mm. to your point like Darby's relying so heavily on Ray to help her out with this investigation but she really should not be like this is just an AI that we don't know much about and she's just feeding it all this information right right yeah I agree I agree maybe all the AI and tech stuff Tom is a red herring maybe it just boils down to a love triangle I mean what's mm. the what's the greatest motivation to murder someone love always has been Always mm-hmm. will be, you know? True. It makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. makes people's lives end, that's for sure. <laughs> that's a poem I wrote recently. Um, oh, really? It's a haiku. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, so we will be back for... Tom, did I miss anything, or was there anything else you wanted to hit? No, I think you're good, man. I think we hit on most of our uh, our uh, theories thus far. And again, would love to hear from, from you guys out there. Let us know what your theories are. Reach out to us on the social medias at Twitter, Instagram, at Team Binge, or at Team Binge Podcast. Um, and if you're enjoying our show, tell your friends and like and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast of your choice. Julian, what else? Our email is teambingepodcast at gmail.com. You can email us there. We do read those and we laugh about them and we respond to them because it's fun. You can buy a T-shirt at Tee Public. It is uh, Christmas time here uh, on our part of the world, and uh, they're a great gift for people that don't listen to the podcast because what people <laughs> yeah, want <just> is <laughs> a T-shirt for something they've never heard of and they don't know what it is, and maybe you get it for them and they try us out and they were like, man, those guys are really bad at what they mm-hmm. do, and I won't wear this shirt doesn't matter because the royalties have already been paid to us so yeah. and then they can give it to goodwill and then feel good about themselves sure everybody wins and then somewhere someone who buys it from goodwill is like what is this and then they listen to us and they're like <laughs> this is really bad and then they give it to 
I don't know. They burn, on the they burn it. They burn it. They burn it. Sure, sure, sure. And the cycle continues. Um, just keep them in circulation. That's all we ask. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who, Tom? Thank you for your time. We'll be back for episode four, which I was going to ask you what it's called, but we haven't played Family that game Secrets. Or... I looked it up. Family Secrets. Oh well, it was more funny when you had to make up one because you didn't know what it was. But okay, okay, okay. Secrets of the family. <laughs> Nice, nice. I feel like you're going to be close. I think you're touching something. All right. I have been Julian. And I have been Gumshoe Tom. Till next time, everybody.